I'm Scott Fitzpatrick. Welcome to the GAF Podcast. This podcast is for professionals who want to work in the advisory space. It's a series of conversations and essential frameworks to give better advice. It's the stuff they don't teach you at uni. It's where value sits. So buckle in, volume up, let's go. In this podcast, I talk to Ryan Sharpley, an implementer of the EOS system, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. For those of you who have read the book Traction or for those of you who have followed Dan Sullivan, the Entrepreneurial Coach, it's one not to miss. It's so good for entrepreneurs and business owners. There's some gold. Hi everyone, Scott Fitzpatrick here from the GAF podcast. Very excited today. I've got a serial entrepreneur with me, Ryan Sharpley. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Great, mate. We've got a lot to cover. Now, I'm, I'm going to throw a bunch of things out there and then you can start wherever you want to start. But we've got a publisher, big publishing business, headed off to the farm, helped build the farm at Byron. And now we're, we're serially uh, entrepreneurial in the coaching space with EOS. Yeah. Is that pretty short but brief? But yeah. Fill, a, fill in the gaps. It's certainly not a straight line that's led us up to, to the Northern Rivers. Um, originally from Melbourne, and yeah, you're right, we had a, uh, an interest in a, a printing business back in the day, and you know, coming from the IT perspective of you know, what we were looking at, and yeah, sort of led a course through farming, agritourism, and, and now helping entrepreneurs get what they want from their business. So yeah, it's certainly been a, a diverse path, but a lot of fun along the way. So take us back to the publishing business. That was a big business. Yeah, it started off, uh, I suppose it's a combination of right time, right place. It was late 90s, um, early 2000s. There was half a dozen of us that got together and yeah, formed a business that uh, ended up being a, a big web offset printing business. So we used to print catalogues and magazines and newspapers um, back in the day when, you know, they were a little bit more popular than what they were, you know, what they are now. Um, but yeah, my specialty, you know, each of us sort of came together as a group of um, management team. I was looking after the IT, so you know, there was a sales and finance and uh, production guys as well. And yeah, great experience and learning and, and one that sort of looked back with fond memories. It's funny that, isn't it? Now that you're in the EOS world and in the coaching space with businesses, and we're going to get to that. If you look at your experience now as a coach and look back at your look back into that business, yeah. What could you have told yourself? Oh, I would love a rewind switch. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of the, I suppose, the, the coaching and facilitation work now is based on some of my, you know, learnings and, you know, Rabbit mistakes holes. and, uh, yeah, all the rest of it. You'd love that uh, to go back in time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was really, we're all sort of young, enthusiastic and, you know, getting... Jumping in over our heads, in all honesty. So. You would, but, you know, you're working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The, the number of times that the boardroom couch was my bed for the night was, yeah, uh, yeah too many times, to be honest. So. Great. And I, I think I remember you telling me about the amount of chemicals you used to use and the amount oh, of paper, phenomenal. and you went, environmentally, yeah. this is not such no, a good... And, and that was one of the big caveats for us to change. Um, you know, we were using, obviously... Uh, you know, sustainable uh, wood for the, the paper, etc., and, and getting it from the best sources. But yeah, it is a, a huge consumer of electricity, chemicals, paper, yeah, and a big business, 24 seven. Uh, that was, you know, a big commitment from the family, the, the number of nights that the phone would ring at, you know, 10 o'clock at night, and that's when you started your day, because they'd run overnight, you know, and you wouldn't be home till eight, nine o'clock 
the, the next day. So that was one of the big reasons that we did sort of take a shift out of the business. Great. Then you did the tree change. Went yeah. to the farm. So we uh, well we, we took a. I was working with the uh, a mentor of mine at the time. Uh, went back and studied, sort of formalising some of the education and sort of knowledge that we were uh, using in the printing business. Um, went back and did an MBA and sort of the traditional you know uh, uni uh, subjects and. Through that was really working out what we wanted to do as our next step. Um, so we were developing a business plan to move into a um, sort of health and wellness space and always been interested in food. And as would happen, serendipitously, there was a farm that popped up on the Mornington Peninsula. So we sort of jumped into that as a as an opportunity to sort of take out of the, the printing business. And, you know, one thing led to another and Fast forward a handful of years and we're in there and growing veggies and mushrooms and having aquaponic systems and all the rest of it. So completely different from the manufacturing world that we came from. So. And then that led you to the farm at Byron Bay yeah. where you took on a, a different role again. That's right, yeah. So we were uh, in our uh, farm down on the peninsula. It was a sort of a micro version of the uh, bigger version up here in Byron. Um, Tom and Emma were uh, in the region and sort of shot us a note on, on Instagram and yeah, We'd loved and we'd honeymooned and holidayed up in the Northern Rivers, um, Deb and I, and uh, yeah, sort of, they reached out and Tom quickly worked out that I wasn't actually a farmer, I was sort of just dressed, dressed up as one and uh, <laughs> pretending to be. A big hat, no yeah, cattle. That's right, yeah, yeah no, all, the, all the gear and no idea. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we sort of joined forces and I came up and ran it as CEO for a couple of years to help them, you know, stabilise and yeah, bring it all together. So. Well, and that, what led you to EOS? I call it EOS, yeah. EOS. EOS, yeah. So uh, EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, uh, the, one of the early implementers um, of EOS, Dan Williams, was one of the, um, he was the CEO of a friend of mine's business down in Melbourne. And I, this is in the yeah, early 2000s, uh, 2010. I saw him, you know, sort of the changes that he introduced to my friend's business, a technology business, was just outstanding and always sort of saw it as afar from, you know, what it had done, the changes that it put into the business. Um, through the career of the printing and um, IT business, through the farming business and through the farm up here in Byron, the consistency of what I found was I loved helping people. That was my, you know, I got my kicks out of sort of standing behind someone and lifting people up and uh, EOS is a set of tools and guiding principles that actually help entrepreneurs do that. So after the farm uh, sold, you know, we obviously had some challenges in the region through COVID, et cetera, I'll, you know, put two and two together and what do I love doing? And that's helping people. So how do I do that? I, I didn't want to introduce my own set of tools. So working with a, a proven set of processes and that's where I sort of connected back with Dan and have been doing that since. So give me the background again to the EOS system. I know there's a strong connection there with Dan Sullivan, yep. who's a, you know, an old favourite of mine that I've followed for 25 years and yep. loosely built a yep. lot of the Fitzpatrick's business around yeah. some of his principles. Yeah, so uh, EOS was founded uh, by a name, uh, Gino Wickman. Uh, Gino has been an entrepreneur since the age of 21 and he sort of came in early days to run his family business and through that time, uh, he started hobbling together the tools that we see as EOS today. Um, you know, it's there's the tools and uh, practices that we teach and, and run through. Um, nothing's new, but it, it puts it in a sort of an executable package that you know is designed to keep entrepreneurs, you know, 
nimble, agile, and, and moving through. So yeah, there's a 650 odd implementers globally, um, and I'm one of 30 odd here in Asia Pac. But yeah, the, the, the bones and the history of it go back to Gino back in Detroit, um, you know, back in the day. That's interesting, isn't it? There's two things I want to talk about. One is um, the Dan Sullivan influence there with strategic coach, 21st century agent, and then the book yeah. Traction, yeah. which really explains the, yeah. the system. Tra- Traction's really the, the pivotal text that really sort of sets it out. And I think it's written in a way that relates so well to entrepreneurs. Um, quite often they find themselves lost or confused or why aren't things happening the way that, you know, when I started the business, the things aren't... Ryan's not getting it the way that he should and, you know, not doing it the way that I used to. There's so many sort of common challenges that are set out between, you know, entrepreneurial businesses. Um, It all, well, I won't say all of it, most of it comes back to, you know, the people, you know, and how do you sort of manage and guide the people through that journey. I think that's what I like about it. Um, You know, it's the nature of the entrepreneur Mm. who doesn't want to sit down and write a 200-page business plan. That's right. Yeah, it's and just like you have to drag them across the street to get them to do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think back. We went through the ISO nine thousand quality system in our printing business, and that was a great system. But it ended up being a, you know, seven eight hundred page set of SOP manuals that, if it was used to the way it was designed, it'd be great. But practically, in a business of who are you know north of a hundred people, um, we still couldn't get our head around it. Whereas EOS, you know, our strategic planning document is called a. Um, VTH, which is uh, a VTO, and we, you know, that's set out in two pages. So it's quite a, doesn't, it's not, it's simple, but it's not easy. That's the way that we sort of uh, set it up. So. Great. So let's let's just let's give me an example for our, our listeners. Here I am. I'm uh, running an accounting practice. I've got six partners. Yep. Um, broad range of services. Yep. Um, I'm in a partnership, which you know sometimes we can't ever make a decision. Great. Yep. 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 Um, how would you? What's the start point and what's the finish point and everything in between? Yep. To so us get organised. Yeah. So we concentrate on three things um, that we call VTH: uh, vision, traction, and healthy. And that's really first part is the vision component, which we're getting everyone, you know, aligned on where you're going as an organisation and how you're going to get there. The, the traction is the execution piece, making sure that everyone's delivering on the vision at all levels. And healthy is that sort of team cohesion, which is. You know, making sure everyone's a you know healthy, functional uh, leadership team because quite often they're not. So, you know, the bunch of and that's the part. It's not just pure about the process. It's you know the team health and the trust and the strength of the team as well. So, so maybe I've given you a bad example there because with you know, and I'm having a crack at the accountants here, but I've got six accounting partners here. Yep. Um, is it one person that's typically got the vision, or you you you're trying to? collaborate to get six people aligned with what the vision is. Now, you can see how that's completely different to an entrepreneur who's going to go out and build a business themselves. Yeah, so we work with leadership teams. So in that example of the uh, six-partner accounting firm, we would work with the partners and the leadership team, whatever they define as their leadership team. So the vision, you know, and the values sit in the business already. So our job is to actually extract them out and make sure they're all on the same page and start setting up the plans and prioritising, you know, their, their work for the, um, you know, subsequent days. So how we typically engage is really, you know, in a, a series of workshop days that we've got a, a proven process that we run our clients through. Um, it's been tested and, you know, it's a well-oiled uh, and proven uh, system. So, you know, we've got a, a way that we execute uh, EOS as professional implementers. 
that said, um, there's a lot of tools that EOS have that people can do it for themselves as well. So there's quite a choice of how, you know, um, we can actually, you know, engage EOS. Yeah. No, I, think, I really like that, that the, the flexibility is there for the entrepreneur that they can go and buy it online if they That's want right. to and yep. implement. And one of my clients um, has done that, but then chooses to uh, bring you guys in yep. on a quarterly basis That's right. to yep. help get the structure there, maintain it, but also not be the the nagging voice to his other stakeholders. And I think that's the thing we can often have and go into the danger zone and have the conversations <laughs> and say the things the that don't have the, uh, like that. You know, the emotions or the history attached if you know, you're in yep. the business day in, day out. Um, so you know, we do that in obviously a, you know, a caring, empathetic way, but we hold the team to account, that's our job. So extract the information, keep them on the same page. Whereas if someone's working in the business, you know, it's often hard to be part of it as well, so. Yeah, so I'm assuming you've got a part psychologist, part counsellor role there at times. There's all sorts, sometimes, you know, often come home at the end of the day and the kids have said, oh, Dad, what'd you do today? So <laughs> just talk to people. And then my kids are still confused on actually what I do, I'm sure, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of talking, a lot of counselling, and there's also a lot of work and touch-ins between the sessions as well. Like, I love seeing the success that my, you know, clients have and, uh you know, bringing them along for the journey in between the sessions is also part of the work. So being part of their, you know, when they've got questions and comments, um, yeah, love that sort of supporting role. Great, so let's talk more. You got the, we've got the vision, we've got the values, and then we're a healthy organisation. Yeah. And then what I like is how you start to separate out or have a look at functionally what's happening there between the, you know, the visionary and the integrator roles. Yeah. Can you just explain those roles for us? Yeah, so... Um, we work through a process and set up uh, individual seats in the business uh, using a tool called the accountability chart. Two of the key seats uh, in the accountability chart are often the, the visionary and the um, integrator. The integrator role is you know, commonly termed as a, a GM or a COO or CEO uh, role where they are effectively running and, and executing on the, the vision of the, the business and delivering the, the business plan. So they're responsible for clearing roadblocks for all the team leaders, all the um, leaders of the membership, members of the leadership team, sorry. Um, the visionary is, you know, quite often the founder or the, you know, the big ideas, they've got the big relationships and they're, you know, coming to uh, terms, you know, the 20 ideas before breakfast quite often. And what happens if you've got a, a visionary in an integrator role? Um, you know, I'll describe it as organisations have whiplash because the, the owners come into a business and, um, you know, we're going in this direction this month and now there's a new shiny object or a new idea, you know, a month later and the organisation goes, you know, in a different direction. Whereas the integrator role is a, uh, a function where it sort of, you know, steers the ship and keeps everyone on the same path and, you know, quite, quite often they're, um, yeah, two different seats and two different personality types. So. Yeah, and that's, that's a really nice piece of identification for a, a visionary who's normally the entrepreneur who started the business. That's right, yeah. To then go, yeah. well, I need someone in behind me now. Well, they get to a stage, you know, they might have been running the business for a handful of years and they're now, you know, they've got a team behind them, um, finding that things aren't happening as quickly as they, you know, would like to. You know, typically patients in a visionary role is, you know, one of the, you know, running on a little bit thin at times, but they're, they're used to... You know, getting things done the way that they want it to happen, you know, happening in an efficient manner. Um, but yeah, when they are uh, coming together and sort of bringing it on the, the same page, the, the integrator and the, the visionary relationship is really key to um, 
you know, bring people in that are quite often better on the execution piece as opposed to the ideas. Great. Now let's talk about one of the unique things is the level 10 meeting. Yep. Do you want to walk us through that? Yeah. Well, I think, well, I've certainly been in my fair share of meetings that you, you, you walk in and after two or three hours you wonder where you can walk out what you're <laughs> actually, what, what you? we spoke about, what we're actually doing, or and was it just a talk fest? So, yeah, we teach a, uh, a tool called the Level 10 Meeting, and the, the concept of that is to make sure that we're actually focusing on, you know, we're not skipping the detail, we're looking at our results for the past uh, week, making sure our priorities are on track, um, checking in to make sure we're all on the same page, but also solving issues at the root cause, as opposed to the symptom level, because quite often that's where we have those repeat uh, issues. Um, you know, the meeting starts on time, finishes on time, everyone's clear on the priorities when they walk out of the meeting, and it's such a fundamental shift of how leadership teams can sort of really lift the quality of their meetings, because as I said, they're quite often they... It's not a, it's not a talk fest. It's not a talk fest, and yeah... Actionable items. Actionable items, that's right. And what was yeah. the break-up in time? So we have uh, a check-in when yep. we uh, kick off the meeting. You know, we all go through the um, how we're coming into the meeting, uh, some good news. We'll review our numbers, so we'll check in on a scorecard, so we're tracking the progress. So we, we base a lot of our work on you know data and facts and figures, not uh, emotions and gut feels. Uh, we'll make sure our rocks, which is our concept of a 90-day priority project that we'll be working on, um, checking that they're all on track, uh, any customer employee headlines, and then we'll go into a, you know, a section on to-dos to make sure all our work from the previous meetings have been ticked off. And then we'll run through a session called uh, IDS, which is a 60-minute sort of uh, process where we're prioritising the top one, two and three issues. And we're really honing in and solving those issues and not going down, you know, the classic example of sales are off track from last week and 15 minutes later through a traditional meeting, we're talking about the colour of the logo, you know, I know yep. I'm at ahead. So yep. we're diverting, <clears throat> going down through too many tangents. Um, we're really focusing on what is the root cause of the issue you know, come up with the uh, solution and, and then we move on to the next issue. But yeah, IDS stands for Identify, Discuss and Solve. Um, quite often entrepreneurs are great at discussing, you know, uh, not really identifying the root cause of the issue and rarely do they come to a, a solve. You know, we end up at that repeating issues of, again, I think back to our printing business with the number of, you know, repeat mistakes that we had over time or, you know, um, we weren't solving things at the root cause, we were solving at the symptom yeah, so you're bringing, you're bringing a proven methodology and structure into a business. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the size of the business. Does it matter? Yeah, yeah if we... The, the standard sort of uh, range of clients we work with are staff between sort of 10 to 250 people on average. Um, that said, I've got exceptions on, you know, that's the... Yep. Not the rule. Uh, I've got a business with two people and I've got a business north of uh, 310, 320 people, a manufacturing business. So there are, of course, exceptions. I think the common, you know, trait, it's not the industry size, you know, the, uh, sorry, the, the business size. Um, it's the mindset of the actual leadership teams. You know, they might have hit a ceiling. They might, you know, they, things aren't working the way that they used to um run through so it's more of the actual mindset wanting to actually shift and improve um, but yeah typically it's you know, 10 to 250 uh, people in staff um, they've built out a leadership team of you know three to four people um, but yeah and it's, it's based on businesses that are running and sort of executing already so 
And, and typically, uh, are you bought in because there's a point of pain? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a right time to sort of engage. Um, people need to obviously know that they you know, need help. Um, quite often, there's a bit of intrigue around what is EOS and how does it work. So, um, but yeah, businesses are you know need to be in a, a position really ready to accept help. That's probably the the main thing. You know, it's not a we can't help people if they we've got the tools and it, it's hard at times I find when you can actually see the pain that people are in but they're just not willing to you know they're not ready to to accept it and jump in so so let's talk about your engagements we said we can buy it online or we can bring you in to implement yeah is that a one day two day yeah monthly quarterly How's, how does that roll yeah so we I mean a journey to roll out EOS from a start to finish in a business is typically between one to two years depending on the size um, what I like about the way we work, we don't work with, you know, retainers or ongoing you know, commitments. So uh, if a business chooses to start or stop with us, they can at any any stage. Um, but we work through a series of days. Typically, we with our uh, clients between five and seven days a year on average. Depends on where the, the days are uh, fall. The first few days we work together, uh, we've got three days typically spread out over about sixty days. So we're getting a, a lion's share of the foundation work up front. So you know, from the first day, everyone's, you know, ready to roll out. Level 10s, as an example, is one of the objectives that we work on in our first day together. So it's not something you have to wait to, you know, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, yep. getting the work up front to actually uh, execute and deliver. Because the entrepreneurs can be impatient. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, and we appreciate that. You know, we're all yeah. the same. We're entrepreneurs ourselves, so we don't want to wait through the end of the journey and then you you know, getting to the end of it, and then, uh, yeah, that's when the benefits come. So, and then our role really, once we've sort of taught the foundation tools, our role then falls into a accountability and check-in. You know, we, we work with our clients each quarter, making sure they're hitting their rocks and hitting their numbers and looking back on what they've learned from the, the past 90 days and reset again, and then they go off into their business and execute. And you were telling me earlier that if you, if you don't do such a good job on the day, I don't need to pay you. That's right, yeah. So we... Um, yeah, we, we don't expect payment, you know, if we uh, yeah, don't do a good job, so it keeps us on our toes. So, yeah, where there's a... a, a, a and, it, and that's, I think, a reasonable way to, to work. You know, there's no engagement contracts and no, you know... No, um, I like it. So, yeah, it's quite a simple model. Um, and working with the right people, I think, that they respect that process. Now, I love some of the language that you use inside the business, especially with some business owners. That want, <coughs> a lot of people want to look at 5, 10, 20 years, but... Yeah. You guys are really focusing on the three years, then the 12 months, and then bringing yeah. it back to the 90-day rocks. Yeah. Just want to explain that? Yeah, so we we start in our uh, BTO, we, we started a 10-year um, yeah, target where we're going, and that can be anywhere, I think, uh, the last half a dozen years, 10 years. You know, no one would have predicted the, the mm -hmm. COVID pandemic over the last few years. So trying to predict a 10-year target at times is a... Uh, difficult concept, but anywhere from sort of five to 30 years out. So we firstly set up our long-term goal, and that's a simple sort of founding statement. Um, we then break that up into a three-year picture. So that's where we set revenue, profit, and measurables, and paint a picture of what does it look like. So chances of, uh, you know, hitting and succeeding on that, um, you know, three-year picture, if everyone can see what it looks like, the, uh, the probability of hitting it, you know, uh, infinitely increases. Then we break that down into a one-year plan. So that's where we really start to prioritise the actions and goals, you know, setting goals for the year. 
and then we break that down into um, our uh, four quarters and we call those rocks. So that's where we you know, break down the priorities of what's actually going to shift the business forward in the next 90 days to hit our one year uh, plan that wraps up into our three year picture and then our 10 year target. So it all sort of interrelates and you know, we are prioritising for the next. Now quite often the teams that we start working with are actually working, they're busy in the business, but they're just busy as the business as usual. They're not actually shifting the business forward as opposed to um, you know working on things that'll really move the business into the next uh, sort of level. Yeah, I like the way you separate the 12 months to the 90 days. I think that really helps prioritise. It does, yeah. Laser focus. That's right, yeah, and you've got, people need that, and that's the concept of rocks, you know. The, it's been proven that the, uh, you know, the attention span and, you know, if you're setting long range goals over 12 months and not breaking it down in those sort of smaller bite-sized pieces, it's hard for people to prioritise and you, you get to month, you know, 9, 10, 11 and, and the sort of a mad rush to the end to actually finish the goal when, you know, you should be working on it all the way through the year. Well, I do love the Stephen Covey stuff about the big rocks. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a great concept and, you know, it's a time-tested sort of management you know, rocks, pebbles, sand, water, and filling them all up in the jar in the right order. We've all, you know, heard that. But it's a, it's a simple concept and really just paints a picture of what people need to be, you know, working on. So. And uh, Nat Daly from our last podcast gave me a ripper, which I've been using, which is don't major in minor things. Oh, yeah. Those two things come together pretty well. I love that of Nat's, and I did say that I might pinch that off him no, as well. So I think there might be a few people uh, creating for that. It. Yeah, right. So, yeah, no, he's done well. That's right. So... So what's next for you? What's the, what's the next 12 months, months look like for you? Yeah, so I'm, you know, my client mixes across uh, Brisbane, Northern Rivers, Sydney and Melbourne. Um, more and more the entrepreneurs that we're sort of working with, you know, are regional based and, you know, working with more people, you know, Gold Coast, Northern Rivers, etc. Um, there's so many sort of fantastic entrepreneurs and businesses that we're, you know, uh, meeting and, and coming to terms with. Um, We've just moved into a new session room down in uh, Byron, which has been great, sort of fitting that out and making sure that it's a comfortable sort of area. A lot of clients now are coming up from Melbourne. It's not hard to sort of get mm, people up yeah, into yeah. Uh, the region. The so, yeah, yeah um, but, and really just it's a consistent learning journey. You know, I've got other enterprises and, uh, and work that we do outside of the, uh, you know, day-to-day sort of EOS. EOS is, you know, 95 98% of my work, but I do have times with... Um, you know, advisory boards that I chair, um, helping other uh, businesses. There's some mentoring, you know, that I love doing and just helping people that, you know, uh, from a give back perspective. Um, that's what I'm, you know, really passionate about, just, again, helping people. Uh, good man. That's a, that's a good way for us to finish, I think. So where, how do we contact you? Where do we, where do we find you? Yeah, uh, LinkedIn. Um, yep. Yeah, find me on LinkedIn. Um, I did a, get asked the other day about... Yeah, where's your website? And I said, that, that's been on my to-do list, so I need a bit of housekeeping. Uh, I've been fortunate that a lot of my work has come through referrals and work. I was going to ask, so that was my next yeah. question. Well, yeah. you know, I'm sure clients are, it's client referral. Yeah, very much so. I think people, once they, everyone's got their different styles and, and working with a coach, you need to connect with them. So, um, but yeah, a website is what I, I do need to do and maybe a takeaway out of it to keep me accountable. I need to uh, eat my own, uh, you know, uh, dog food and uh, get it uh, done that way. So and so, prioritise my own website. But yeah, LinkedIn. There's the EOS Worldwide website as well. There's a list of uh, implementers. Um, we're Australia wide and you know also globally as well. So there's a, a list and directory that people can look us up with, and it's got a little bit about about us and our bio, etc. So as I said, everyone's got their different style and the way that they work. 
Um, but we all do teach the same sort of proven process, which is you know, part of the, the magic. Yeah. I think that is part of the magic, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's been great to have you on board. Yeah. Um, we will reserve the right to get you back on again later. Totally. To see I'll how do. that website's going. Yeah, no, we'll keep you. Keep, might be able to uh, make that one of my own rocks to get that done before we next catch up. And uh, thanks for the opportunity. It's great to be here and uh, always a pleasure. So, Good man. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening to the GAP podcast. We've now developed the Essentials Package for advisors. It's the Collaterals video and training for you to work in this high net wealth space. Also, we're running a course for those who want to work with significant families and significant individuals. For more information, go to thegaff.com.au.